Hey there, just in case the world explodes between now and the dropping of this episode, this has been pre-taped on April 14th. I'm coming to you from Future Past, where I'm currently on break and hopefully not on social media, but who knows? But y'all know he will be, okay? Because he can't can't run away. I believe in me. Here comes the episode. Hey there, beautiful people. Welcome to Fanti, the podcast for all those complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives. I am on break, hopefully, by the time you're hearing this, Jarrett Hill. You know, I wish I could have a break. Take one, girl. Take one. <laughs> no, I got I got some I got I got a book to push, honey. I'm Trayvell Anderson. How y'all doing? In the name of Jesus, amen. We have our quarterly what was said episode. This is our mailbag episode where we are going to get all up and through your emails, your tweets, your DMs and comments and whatnot. We're gonna jump right on into it. Are you ready, Jared? Don't you just love you know our what was said episodes? I do. These are actually probably one of my faves, and it's it's always kind of a, a good time, and it's a lot easier to produce as well, so I can tell you that. I was about to say, that's why it's one of your favorites, because, you know, we just copy and paste it from the emails and the inboxes. Listen. We can do this way. You know, he can show up looking like Shamar Moore, you know, because this is easy. Well, I also, I like these episodes because we kind of get a sense of what's resonating with people and, like what people are talking about from the show as well. It's it's good for that too, but it's also a whole lot easier to do these episodes. So our first two messages, I grouped these two together because they are in response to us hitting our membership goal for the Max Fund Drive and us oh, that now, again. Jared, being committed to learning how to swim and documenting a portion of that for the people this year. The folks are very, very excited about this. Um, and so we've got mm. this comment here from B-L-A-L-O-C-K-T on the Instagram that says, I've upgraded and a thousand percent support you to joining the ranks of the 46% of Black Americans who can swim, meaning 64% of us are in the sinking place. Well, listen, girl, we got a lot of, you know, generational trauma. We, we got to work through, okay, <laughs> to get into the pool, okay? And then they continued saying, I took adult swimming classes when I was 30, so I would join the 46%. White supremacy may be the reason I never learned to swim, but I refuse to let it be the reason that I drown. Not today and not tomorrow, Satan. I know that's right. I feel like the way the world is ever changing and the way that you don't know what the hell is going to happen tomorrow around here, any different way that we can uh, be thinking about protecting ourselves or or being ready for the bullshit, I would say get ready. So I, I'm here for it. I'm not Y'all. thrilled about it, but like I'm, I, it's something that I've been wanting to learn how to do. And like I can like kind of play around in there, but we'll we'll talk about that when we give y'all this this behind the scenes. Y'all be acting like y'all are doomsday preppers. You know, we don't know what's gonna happen. I don't even mean that. You you we don't know we don't know what's gonna. Well, I don't. I don't mean that so much as like climate change. Weather is crazy as hell. You never know what the hell's gonna happen with what. Well, you are not wrong. We're traveling across the country, traveling around the world. You never know where you're gonna be. And like we just we had that story on the show a couple of weeks ago of the the young boy who like jumped in the water and was trying to save someone else. And you you just never know what scenarios you're gonna be in. 
Mm-hmm. That, that, valid point. Also, while we are recording this, the, what is it, Fort Lauderdale is having, like, really, really bad, like, flooding. So, so yeah, you know, I mean, it's still giving doomsday prepper, but, like, I'm not saying you're wrong, for clarity's sake. <laughs> and then we got, we got an email also from Osa, 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 also in response to us hitting that goal. Hey, hey Trayvell and Jared Hill, not to put our whole names, okay? Okay. Long time listener first time emailer my name is rosa i'm just catching up on the podcast and i hear you two are going to try and learn to how to swim i felt compelled to write because as a 30 something old black woman i too am aquatically challenged my goal this year is to learn to swim i have no idea how i am looking for adult classes i also live in la um if you find any let me know I think of landing on Culver City. Go, oh, Culver City has swimming lessons, okay? Trying to get over my embarrassment. Y'all are more than welcome to join me. And this topic about swimming, especially in Black communities and the diaspora, would be a great topic. Historical racism, swimming being coded as white people stuff, and the ever-touching topic of Black women's hair, etc. The odds of you taking me up on my legit offer learn to swim with a stranger are low, but I am sending positive vibes and hope you two are successful all the best. Now, I'm glad you you noted that, you know, this, you know, meeting up with a stranger to go swimming off of, you know, it's, it's <laughs> listen now, okay? I, mm, okay. Uh-huh. Love you for the offer, though. Well, I don't know what we're going to do yet. We haven't, like, we have to, you know, figure out the logistics of doing this. But, like... Jared keeps trying to run away from it, y'all, so... Well, you know, I'm excited about us doing this next year. No, we got to figure out the logistics of it, um, Rosa, and uh, we will figure it out. I'm not sure. I mean, the idea of, like, doing it with other people is interesting but also is a whole different thing and so we gotta we gotta figure that out but i appreciate the offer and also like shout out to other 30 somethings who don't know how to swim and who are working on it i do feel like we're in a little moment where i feel like i hear more and more black folks who are you know grown-ass motherfuckers being like oh i don't know how to swim but like I want to learn or, you know, I want to take some CPR classes or, you know. I'm sorry, some what classes? CPR. Now, how do how do we spell it? C-P-R. <laughs> I love letters with multiple <laughs> syllables. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into more of your letters. Don't go anywhere, fan size. going to be in a moment. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jackie Cation. Hello, I'm Lori Kilmerton. We do a podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show, and you could listen to it anytime you want it because there's hundreds of episodes. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing comedy forever, and we should both quit. So why don't you listen up <laughs> before we leave this not only terrible business, but this awful world. And find out why we can't. <laughs> because we love it so. <laughs> Jackie and Lori Show, every week here on MaximumFun.org. Welcome back to Fanti. It is time for more of your letters in this special What Was It episode. This email comes from LJ responding to our... Oh, let me say really quickly. Yeah. Let me say really quick. The next, the next three emails, because you know I, I'm, I'm grouping mm-hmm. them for the people, mm-hmm. for the, you know, understand it. The next, I think, three of them are all responding to what seems to be a very popular 
I'm, and I use popular not in terms of listeners, but like in terms of like commentary and feedback we've gotten. Mm-hmm. The color of friendship episode that I, you know, randomly pulls out about, you know, having white friends. So that's interesting to me. But so go ahead, read the email from ALG. It's like you took the the dial of my anxiety and just like turned it up uh, before I even started reading this email. So thank you. Why? Well, because I haven't <laughs> read these emails, so I have no idea what to expect. And, and what these oh, are going to be saying. Well. Full disclosure, Travel pulled most of the... Travel and Palmyra and the team pulled most of these emails. I pulled a tweet. That's not really what we're talking about. It's been a week, okay? Mm-hmm. This email from LJ says, uh, Hello, Jared, Travel, and the entire Fanti team. Thanks for all your energy and, and time providing the world with your amazing show. I've been a listener since almost day one, and I've learned so many incredible, valuable lessons from you. I've just listened to the episode Color of Friendship and the part of the conversation about working with white people or people who happen to be white caught my attention in particular. What was the process behind joining Max Fun, a company founded and owned by a white man? Were you approached by them first? Did you consider any Black-owned podcast networks? Not sure if this question is something you can answer on the air, but I appreciate the open inbox policy either way. LJ, I actually wrote something about this when we got this email, so I have to pull it up, but go ahead. Okay, well, I will first say that, you know, Max Fun is not current, you know, is now a worker-owned um, company. That's not to be like, well, actually, that's just to like, you know, share the information. Oh, no, I'm going to be pitching that as a, well, actually. <laughs> well, actually. <laughs> But when we when the first show first started, it was um, owned by Big Boss Jesse. And so the this show, we actually talk a little bit about the journey of doing this show. We did it on a previous episode. It might have been members only content. I think maybe our first year of doing the podcast. But I had been a guest on a number of Max Fun shows. Pop Rocket, Rest in Peace. What was the name of Laura? I know you in the chat, Laura. Uh, what was the name of the the movies podcast before it was Maximum Film? It was called something else. Had you done Heat Rocks before? I hadn't done Heat Rocks before. Who shot you? That's what it was called. Um, but I had done both of those shows like a couple times. And super producer Laura Swisher, pew 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 pew, <laughs> was the producer on those shows. And you know, obviously, I am wonderful and mesmerizing to all who come into contact with my brilliance. And so Laura was like, "If you're ever interested in doing a show like," you know let me know now i did not know that the company was owned by a white man at that time but i could have assumed uh (laughs) and then we were we were also talking with another company at a little moment and ultimately we decided on max fun because that's where the relationship was with with laura we when we finally met with jesse and bikram they were very receptive to our fabulosity i don't know of any black owned podcast networks. Mm, Take that back. I do know of an independent small building network called The Cube, um, which is like a a Black queer woman-owned network. She has a podcast called Queer News that's like a weekly queer news podcast, and then she has some other spinoffs as well. But I think they're fairly new. That just dropped in my my head. Her name is Anna Deshawn. But no, we we went with where the relationship was existing and where the opportunity was. But we've always been very clear that we wanted to, you know, center... Black folks in in the conversations that we have here, which, you know, this isn't an official policy. Should I say this, Jared? <laughs> I mean, go for it. I feel like we've, we're pretty direct about how, about how we operate the show, so... 
Good. So we have not had not nary a white person on this show. That has been intentional. I think what's interesting when people pitch the show, I'm always when I when they pitch guests to be on the show, I'm like, it, it can tell me how much people are paying attention to it. The the thing about it here is like we know that we are on a network that is, you know, predominantly white as far as like our talent, our audience, and we know we know that, right? We don't have to kind of play around that. And we also hear about that from y'all, right? Things always sound different in the commercials is something that I have people say reflect back to me quite a bit. And like we recognize that, but we also know that like maximum fun has has been a really fantastic network mm-hmm. to work for, um, to work with, to collaborate alongside, and to to try things out. Like us being on YouTube now is something that is something that we had really wanted out of doing a new season and said, like, this is something important to us. It's just part of the strategy that we'd like to grow. And, you know, working with Bikram and the team over at Maximum Fund, they've been like, they've been really down to try things with us. We've been talking about live shows and expanding other things on the network. And so we could be making a lot more money on another podcast network for sure, um, which is why we push really hard on the Max Fund Drive and ask y'all to contribute and things like that, because we are on an independent network that is artist owned and listener supported and now owned by by the the employees. But also, like we recognize that there's something special that happens here at Max Fund that is different than than you would be getting somewhere else, and that we are building a community of people here. We're also building a community of content, right? We've we've also um, talked about this a little bit, but Travel really wants to jump in and say something, so I'm gonna just keep talking because you're being disrespectful now okay because <laughs> you you know i got something to say you know what you see it on my face and you you i heard you was about to take a breath but you didn't i noticed it i heard it friend i seen it i see what you're doing travel does this to me all the time travel will see me wanting to say something it will be like what else could i say right now <laughs> but it's cute when i do it okay <laughs> exactly exactly it's cute when i do it but I, 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 I want to say this lastly, though, like we're building a community here. Right. And so um, we talked about this uh, either at the end of last season or top of this season. Um, we're going to be bringing you more shows. Right. So Travel mm-hmm. is working on We See Each Other, the podcast, which will be a show that we will be bringing you around their book. Our book together, Historically Black Phrases, will be supported with the podcast that we will be doing that will be a a separate individual project. And then we'll be also developing some other projects around here as well. So the commercials might sound a little bit different uh, as things come around and we're we're bringing y'all more things. And so, yes, we are very aware of the ways in which um, uh, Max Fund, you know, is has has appeared in the world and and what the audience looks like. But we're also really you know happy about what we're doing here. I was going to say. I'm glad I remembered it because, you know, oh. things things come and go real quick over here, honey. But the thing I was going to say is, in you know, in this episode, we talk about white friends, ver- the color friendship episode, white, white people versus people who happen to be white. I think it might be appropriate. Go with me here, mm-hmm. friend, to say that, you know, Max Fun is a network that happens to be white as opposed to a white network like you know like i feel i feel like you know we 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 i could i could trust these people you know what what did we um on the on the accomplice on the the allyship episode with uh jared lucas Mm -hmm. jared lucas Mm mm-hmm they talked about we need people, white people in particular, to be race traders. I feel like you know Max Fun as as a net is a I, you know you 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 see what I'm saying? I won't I won't actually put that 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 coherent sentence together just in case somebody wants to chop that okay. up and do something with it. But you know, <laughs> well, because 
is in my mind, and I don't even know like who all is in the office, but like this is playing <laughs> in the office right now. And like certain white people are like, where, where, where is that going now? Now, now wait a minute where now. Where is that going? Listen. <laughs> oh my God. The staff is also, the, the, the employees are also super diverse. Um, You know, not, not to do that whole, you know. Yes. You know, diversity thing, but you know. You, I, I think if you looked, if you looked at the, what do you call it, the people on staff, I think you might actually be surprised at the people who are behind so many of the shows that you all uh, hear on the network. As you look across the network, we we have a pretty diverse group of people that are working on this. And I also want to say that like being at Max Fun has had an impact on me as a person. Like the 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 episodes of other shows that I've done have had like significant impact in my life. The episode of of Heat Rocks that I did. Depression mode. I became friendly with India Ari after uh, mm-hmm. spending that episode talking about her and, and was able to connect with her. The episode I just did of Go Fact Yourself with Mandy Gonzalez. Mandy Gonzalez from In the Heights was the guest on the episode. That was like a life moment for me. Depression mode episode that you um, mentioned, Travel. that was a significant moment for me in where I was in depression for myself. Soon after like suicidal ideation, it was a number of months after that. Bullseye, I've had some of my favorite interviews with people recently with Winston Duke, with Tamron Hall, I just did an interview with Shonda Rhimes that'll be coming out soon. I did a great interview with Anika Noni Rose there. So like the relationship here at Max Fun has been really, really um, valuable for, for us and, and the show and all that. So, Okay, let's move on to the next email. This one comes from Candice responding to the same episode. Now, this is a doozy. This is a... Uh-oh. This is a sojourn of an email, so I'm gonna take breaks in between y'all, okay? Um, and we love you, Candace, okay? But you, you, you knew you, you, you did a lot with this email, love. Oh, this was the one that had the big photos in it. Yes, it it came with visual evidence as well. Yes, but you yes, know. okay, okay. This was a great episode. Apologies in advance for length. Mm-hmm. I appreciate y'all talking about this, but I knew I had to wait till after the work week to get to it. This is a really tough subject for me most days and has been on my heart for a long time. You know, they uh, then give us some background about, you know, growing up in a multiracial family, having played rugby a lot. Candace is black for the record. Um, having played rugby for a long time, which is a super white sport, but like making a lot of white friends during that time. Folks that are, you know, still in Candace's life. Now back to the email. Three particular people are hanging in the balance with me as friends because I see how they move and respond and act. And for me, everything is information. So I can see how far you're willing to go for my liberation and yours considering they're intrinsically tied. One friend, I've seen how they used to live tweet The Bachelor faithfully for years until The Bachelor was black and no tweets came. Noted. How they hide things that should be said out loud in their close friends on IG. Noted. How I found out they had me muted on Twitter because I was railing about racism and white folks' behavior. Noted. Mm. Another friend is the former president of pride for a major city but told me they thought will smith should be arrested for slapping chris rock noted i watched them move from the south to new york and called me worried about being a gentrifier i told them flat out you are but it's your responsibility to support that neighborhood because black people have been there and are being displaced to make room for that pretty new building you live in They've decided to move to Manhattan when their lease is up, but the reason is because they're quote-unquote foodie. Noted. Another friend I go back even further with. 
I feel like I might have lost already, despite being the best person in their wedding. You know, like best man, best you know, best man, best. What's the other one? May best person. Yes. So that that's best person. Okay, in their wedding, but their wedding was on their property, which they bought last year in Marjorie Taylor Greene's constituency. Noted. Oh, the devil is a lie. And when I told them uh, after about my experience there during my stay and how I was really uncomfortable being aggressively followed while driving by a white man in a large truck, followed in the stores, my socials suddenly being bombarded with heavy Republican rhetoric when I connected to the Wi-Fi, all I got was, well, I'll never ask you to be somewhere you're not comfortable. And I haven't really heard from them since. This one is especially painful. Okay, I'm taking a pit stop. Give me your thoughts thus far. I, I've been highlighting the the noteds, the ways that these different things show up and how and how they speak to um, your experience. Black folks, right? Also knowing that there will be people who will hear that hear them individually and think they are innocuous or like, oh, well, that could just be that or that could just be this or that could just be that. But like collectively, these things begin to build an experience. So I'm thinking about that and, you know, a, a, a little triggered, but I'm okay. <laughs> What about you? I, I love how you made that into the, the note. It's into a real serious thing. Cause to me, I'm just like, oh, that's, you could tell that's a, that's an angry black person right oh, no. there. That's noted. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cause you know, like, you know, like how black people noted, you know, that just, just like very, very, very historically black phrases, you know, where like, you know, it's about the inflection. It's about the head nod. It's mm-hmm, about the point. Mm-hmm. It's oh. noted. Mm-hmm. Noted. Mm-hmm. Noted. Mm-hmm. noted. Mm-hmm. Noted. Noted. Anyway, okay, let me pick back up the letter. (laughs) Candace says, these are people that I go back way back with, have experienced major wins and losses with, literal blood, sweat, and tears, and love dearly, but there's no way they understand how this feels for me on this end, and they see me dragging white folks in my IG stories, but the action... Saying something out loud, I don't think they're brave enough to upset anyone or rock any boats. Not even for me, your best bud, damn homie painfully noted. I have one white friend who actually gets it, and I've known they fully get it since we were in eighth grade. They recently told me in relation to the above three, quote, 99% of white women will never be able to be your true friend, even if they are gay. They'll never set their comfort aside for you because they don't have to, and it's easy for them to look away, end quote. And I know they're telling me the truth. It just hurts. From a work perspective, Let's just say every place I've ever worked, I have lawsuit-level documentation of racism and trash behavior. But because there was nobody like me in this space, I thought I was just paying my dues when I was actually being horribly Mm. mistreated, as well as underpaid. It resulted in occupational PTSD, which I have to manage every day when I sit down at my laptop. This is why I subscribe to the Jade and XD policy of say no to coworkers. We can be cool at work to an extent, but that's it. But I know I'm currently in a precarious situation with work because, once again, I'm the only Black person on my team and at my level. And saying things out loud is something I have to step carefully with at work. So I try to be intentional on places like LinkedIn, where I only feel, quote unquote, safe because there are Black C-suites folks in my industry speaking up on that platform about their similar experiences and how ugly this industry is. This is also personal and painful for me at all angles, but I know there will be those that will tell me they love me but are silent about my own pain, and I grieve these losses. All I can do is never look to them for help and continue to try and preserve myself as best as I can. Uh, I'll let you start. We should all be prioritizing our safety 
our comfort and our happiness as people who have been historically marginalized and excluded from various sectors and areas of society. And if that means removing people who were once friends or people who you thought were friends from your circle, then so be it. Which is really horrible to say when you when you have you know, when you feel like you you lo- have love toward these individuals. What 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 um what the what the the, the, the great songwriter once said? Shit, all get off the pot. Noted. <laughs> you know, I was waiting for that. <laughs> that was great. That was Nicki Minaj, I believe. Um, but my my point is right. For me, as a black per- non-binary person of non of, of trans experience who who comes from the things that I come from, you need to prove that you <laughs> are equally yoked uh, with me to be in my circle, right? You know, because ain't no need for me trying to leave my house with my whole arm of God and my breastplate of righteousness and whatnot just to come be around you and you not equally armed, honey. Okay, you not you not you. If you're not gonna fight for me, what we do? What we doing? Okay, I'm done. I don't think you are, but <laughs> but I know you got something you want to say. So see, I'm diverting to you. Oh, uh, look at that, bro! Look at it. Okay, bitch. <laughs> that was for y'all on YouTube. Um. Okay, so I'm I'm intrigued by this comment from your friend. 99% of white women will never be able to be your true friend, even if they are gay. They'll never set their comfort aside for you because they don't have to. And it's easy for them to look away. That, that, yeah, that's stuck. Um, I, I, I hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that so often our our white friends, the people in our lives, you know, are like really, oh, that's so sad, or oh, I'm that's so upsetting, or oh, I can't believe that happened, or oh, I, you know, there's a, a some feedback about how terrible a thing is, but then when it's time to for them to speak up in their meetings, or for them to share the story, or for them to, you know, raise their voice at Thanksgiving or at the soccer game or at the whatever. Then you look at them and you're like, where y'all at? Right. This is something we've been talking about in corporate America. Right. And the ways that we've seen everyone have their reckoning. And now like that's starting to recede. We've talked about that here on the show. And I think that that happens at corporations because it happens in people. Right. Like, I want to be clear. I don't believe that corporations are people. If you know, you know. But like, I, I think that when we see people starting to like reprioritize things, we start to see places start to reprioritize things and vice versa. And so I think that the ability to be able to look away is the reason that we keep having these waves of issues, right? We have waves where we see women's rights as as a for, as an issue in the forefront of society. We've been through a women's rights movement in the 90s, right? In my lifetime, we've seen this happen, right? Where a wave of women went to Congress after Anita Hill and Clarence Thomas and all those kinds of things. And then that recedes because people look away and they start focusing on something else. And so that statement has has really resonated with me. Um, and, and I'll be processing that for a little bit. The, the co-workers piece is interesting to me because I, well, and I also want to say about the friends thing, lastly, I don't necessarily see the a relationship with a friend changing as them never having been my friend, or I thought you were my friend. And I know that that is how it is for some folks. I like to think about it as 
the time that we had was genuine, unless I find out you were just like fully lying about something, right? And you catfished the life. But like, I, if, if we get to a place where like, we're not seeing the same way, we're not seeing things the same way, or I see something differently now, and I don't want to engage, that doesn't mean that all the time that we had together as friends was fake, or that, I, that it was a lie or anything like that. Like the times that we had together that were genuine, were genuine. Um, and the times that we have going forward are now colored by the new information that we have. Um, and that's how I tend to think about it. I know mm. everyone thinks about it and, and the ways that they that that it, it comes up for them. The coworkers piece is interesting to me because I go ahead. Mm-mm, go ahead. Well, now I see that you wanted to say something, so I'm not gonna just steamroll over it. Cut it out. Cut it out. I got my next point. Go ahead. I was just going to say about the that last point that you made about how you know the truth of what what the relationship was prior is is still there and and now like that there's basically a a what is it um b c a d you know moment um after mm-hmm. learning said information i just I, I just find that interesting that's it you about to talk about coworkers okay so the coworkers piece i think is interesting because i my policy on this has never really been clear to me because I'm a person who likes people. And so if you're my coworker, I'll have you all over for dinner. I mean, I've had our teams over here for dinner, right? At my house. And like, I feel like I I have to be thoughtful about boundaries and like what those relationships look like. But like, I I love people. And so I'm not, that's not how I'm oriented. And I know everyone is oriented differently. But like, I think when we, we think about the people at work, like, why people at work can be challenging, right? Sometimes there's a lot of trust and sometimes there's not. Sometimes, or as I always like to quote Wanda Sykes, a lot of trust has been broken, right? Through the generations. But I think like the coworker thing is interesting. I'm about to go off on break for a couple of weeks. And like a lot of people I probably won't talk to or hear from while I'm away because like so much of my personal life is integrated with people that I work with or that are part of the organization or a part of a team that I'm I, I'm leading or a part of. And so like, I, I don't end up talking to a whole lot of people when I'm away or I'll bump into people, but like, it is, it's not like a personal offense. It's like, a lot of my personal life is integrated with work now. And like trying to have separation between that is really challenging. Yeah, I won't talk to you no way. Listen, I'm g- grateful. I'll, I-, I might not even listen to what a day while I'm gone. Trigger. And, and that's fine too. Because <laughs> you know, you can, you can uh, d- detox from me for two weeks. That is, listen, I take it. I am no ways bothered. Okay. Absolutely. Because you're right. Because you're right. Because you're right. Because you're right. Yeah, you do you do you do love a uh you do take a familial communal approach to 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 work. And I love that for you. All right, so moving on, the team put out a tweet uh last week or a couple of weeks ago now, I guess, of a, a clip. First of all, the thumbnail, I look crazy in the thumbnail of the video on Twitter. I mean, you are who you are, friend. Anyway, we were talking about a letter. You got to, you know, stand in it in all its shades. As that person on that show once said. Yeah, yeah, them. My face. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's fine. About. Somebody, somebody knows what I'm talking about. And we see each other, okay? Out May 9th. Okay, so Palmyra, can we play the clip um, of, of what you put out from this previous episode? 
Lastly, I want to give a shout out to a friend of the show, a listener of the show, Lorraine Ferry. Apparently, Lorraine was listening to the show from the very beginning and saw our original photo um, on the show and thought your voice was attached to my face and my voice was attached to your face and then realized that we were swapped and were very disoriented by it all. And I was so intrigued by this freaky Friday voice swap situation. So this whole conversation about us, not people not knowing the difference between our voices and our faces, to me, it was absurd. And I was like, oh, I, I thought that was like a one-off with that one person and like, you know, okay, fine. And it was funny and I brought it up. Mm-hmm. But then the team put the tweet out and like, we got another tweet from at Big Boy Project One. It says, OMG, I thought the same thing at first, LMAO crying, crying laughing emoji. And I'm like, oh, like, okay, another person. And then this morning before we started recording, Palmyra jumps into the conversation. It was like, oh yeah, I thought the same thing. And I'm like, mm. I'm taken aback because I'm like, it's so hard for me to process how people put your voice on my face and my voice on your face. But I also remember working in radio. My first job was working at 98.1 Kiss FM, today's R&B and classic soul in San Francisco. And like, I remember meeting the the DJs, the, the, the radio personalities that I'd been hearing on the radio. And like, some of them looked nothing like what I expected them to look like. And I had just no cognizance of what their faces look like. We had this man who had, he he had like the very soft and warm kind of voice and he did the evening drive and his name was Lee Baby. And I just knew he was like a husky black man who, you know, looked like your uncle and just happened to have that kind of voice. That was absolutely actually Dipsy adjacent, but we don't have to get into it. But like- My God, today- and I met him and he's like an older white guy with white hair and just was not what I expected. So people not knowing what we look like or expecting us to be one or the other is hard for me to process, but I also kind of get it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, and it's, it's no, it's no shade, no disrespect to you or to them, to be clear, to be clear. It's none of that. Okay. But you know, and I, this might also be because you know, I you know we we've been doing this for a few years now. We were doing NABJ before we did this, so I feel like I know your voice and like your your cadence and your speech patterns, and like I feel like I know that very well. And I'm gonna sit over here like, so y'all y'all saw that picture and y'all thought that that was coming out of this. It is no shame. I think what's important to remember there is like you also have 30 years of knowing your own voice. Right? And so like the idea of your voice coming out of any other person is, you know, hard to imagine. Um I can't wrap my mind around someone thinking Yeah, no, well no no. I'm saying like it's not just about you knowing my voice and my face and all of the things. Like it's also like you're very familiar with your own voice and how you speak and how you how it's evolved over time and so it's like putting that into someone else i think would be hard to imagine okay well so that's to be clear that's not where my hang up is in that my (laughs) to be clear i think that is possible right and you know that's valid and legitimate and all of that but that's not my particular uh uh the the particular i don't know what that's supposed to be your on ramp is that what that is there you go on ramp you know Listen, y'all got to be watching on YouTube. If you're not watching on YouTube, you you missing out on all of the the gesticulations. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, 
But I, it's it's it still baffles me. But you know that's all right. I love that they uh, think that you have a transgender voice. All right, we are going to take a quick break, and we will be back with more, more uh, letters, more uh, letters, more uh, letters. Be right back. Uh, I can't say any. I bye. <laughs> nothing. I, I'm saying nothing. I haven't said anything. I'm not saying anything. That's Goodbye. why we're going to break. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've noticed how giant corporations are controlling more and more about what we consume, whether it's our food, our news, or even the shows we enjoy. The Greatest Generation is a show that stands up to Big Star Trek and says no. We can laugh about costumes that fit too tightly in the groin area. We can make a Star Trek podcast that's basically only about that. The Greatest Generation, the show for free and independent thinkers about Star Trek. And the groins of different costumes. Reviewing every episode in order. So subscribe to The Greatest Generation on MaximumFun.org. You'll be doing your part in telling the Star Trek industrial complex that they can't control your mind. Welcome back, beautiful people. We are going to get into our final letter for today's uh, What Was Said, this week's episode. Um, And we've got a DM here from uh, Tara. Um, Ooh, in Berlin, okay? Um, Guten Morgen um, and Guten Tag. Hello, my dear. Hold on now. Um, okay, I'm going to read out the message. Y'all will hear why, why, where and why I stopped. Hello, my dear jiving Jarrett and tantalizing Travel. I'm sorry, you know, j- jiving is always, you know, it just always got a little. It, it, hit, it hits away, but I'm going to give you the, the. It got a little, a little black exploitation <laughs> on top. It's got a little minstrelsy you know mixed up in just in the word itself not even you know not saying that the writer had any of those intentions to be clear they probably just meant like you know groovy you know like you know with it you know it's definitely one of those where i'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to the crossing the pond and and a little bit of land (laughs) yes so yes absolutely (laughs) okay just listen to your propaganda episode. Was really looking forward to this conversation, and you did not disappoint. Well, baby, we don't disappoint ever. Okay, mm. something that was not mentioned that I was really curious about your opinion on, maybe as a part two of propaganda, is your perspective on shows that are more criminal investigation related, like all the CSI's, Bones, Cold Case, Criminal Minds, etc. These shows tend to argue that the science doesn't lie, but time and time again, certain types of data that are not as reliable as we perceive in these shows have been used in trials to wrongly convict innocent people would love to hear your takes on these cop adjacent shows greetings from berlin Tara. one i love this question i was thinking about this when we were talking in the episode but when we have guests on it's a it's a different dance of, of how you get questions in and we had so much good conversation already it was hard to add more um, so maybe there is a part two in it. I'm not sure. But I'm intrigued by this. The Specifically, like you name CSI, Bones, Cold Case, Criminal Minds, and, and those kinds of shows. I think about the ways that, and I, and I mean, just frankly, working on this Jussie Smollett case, knowing that we go into investigations with a specific expectation so often, right? When we go in with a bias toward believing one thing or another, then you go and look for the science that proves that, mm-hmm. right? Um, in the Jesse case, and I, I 
I mean, we could talk about this in a, in a much longer conversation on a different day. But like in the Jesse case, it's very clear that the police did not believe Jesse from the beginning. And so it is also clear that they started trying to prove what they thought as opposed to looking for what happened, if that makes sense, right? And so they went into it with this perspective that he's lying and that he's um, making up this story. And so their mission was to show that that was true. And it's very clear that they did not go back and look into the case to see, uh, they there was evidence laying on the ground days later right and like was turned into the police i say all that to say like these science shows where they're like digging into the investigation and all that kind of stuff oftentimes we we see them come in and say like oh i think xyz may have happened here and that has like an impact on the way that we end up start looking at starting to look at cases and trying to prove certain things or disprove others so that's what that brings up for me and certainly we see you know wrongful convictions all the time and we we see them even using um certain science and data to try to to try and prove those points okay i was trying i was you know trying to go through that journey with you friend did i not make it did I not do it? Well? I made it. I made it to the end. Okay. I made it to the end. I did make it to the end. It, it, it and it all it all tied together. I was just trying to see how the two compared. And, and you tied it, and I, you know, well, thank you. it just took me a little minute to get there. I was, you know, you were the you you were the hare, and I was the tortoise. But you know, I arrived at the finish line nonetheless. Anyway, oh, I thought you were gonna say I was the hare and you were the curler or something. I was really not sure where that was going. But go ahead. I was like, hair, H A I. Never mind. Okay. Um. Yeah. So the the investigation related shows that I mean I guess that is interesting and 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 I would have to think about them more. I feel I've I've seen episodes of these shows, but they I I can't I can't recall their particular relationship to like cops and like you know that particular framing that we were working off in that episode but it definitely piques my interest and i do think that you know we you might be seeing a, a part two to the copacanda conversation because i do feel like there's a lot more that we could easily tease out um about that show uh those types of shows rather all righty then with that being said thank you all so much for joining us for yet another episode of your favorite podcast fantastic if you are watching us on YouTube, we want to remind you that we've got three whole seasons of shows back over on the podcast feeds, wherever you get your slayworthy audio. But we also thank you for joining us here on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast, go check us out on YouTube. We've got the full episodes where you can watch all of our faces and reactions and mm -hmm. Travel doing this as an on-ramp and figuring out what that meant. Um, and, you know, the reactions you can see see us trying to get into the conversation and the other person still talking over them. All that type of shit. If you have a comment or a suggestion, you can hit us up on social media. We're at Fantai Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Use the hashtag Fantai Fam. And you can send us an email like so many of these folks did in our DMs, but you can hit us in the inbox as well at Fantai at MaximumFun.org. And you can help us make this wondrousness every single week by joining the Maximum Fun family in the Fantai Fam at MaximumFun.org slash join. Our music is brought to you every week, as always, by the Grammy Award winning Corice. That's C-O-R dot E-C-E. Wherever you get slate worthy audio. Our graphics are by Ashley Wynn and the folks over at Moonhouse Creative. Our editor is Anne-Marie Huber and our producer is Palmito Muniz. We're building something. <laughs> exactly. Our singer producer is Laura Swisher. <laughs> Is a production of Maximum Fun.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. I feel like I can't respond to that. Because it's being recorded now. Uh-huh. <laughs>